1: Welcome back to another episode. I'm the real Jason Duncan. You can call me JD. I'm excited about today's guest. I've got Pat Flynn on the show today. And uh, I know many of you have already heard of Pat. You know who he is because he's a very famous podcaster. He's got a huge podcast called the Smart Passive Income Podcast. He's been doing since, I think, 2010. Uh, But the reason it's a big deal for me is I've been listening to his podcast almost since day one. And and back when I was a school teacher, um, I was mowing grass, had a little lawn mowing business kind of on the side. And I remember mowing the grass in the backyard of this very specific, I just remember this one specific day, I was mowing the grass on my ride mower behind this house over in Gallatin. And I remember listening to Pat's podcast for the first time and thinking, this is awesome. And now here we are all these years later, 13 years or so later, 12 or 13 years later, he now is a guest on my show. The Root of All Success. Well, Pat is a uh, the father and husband. He's a father and husband. He's an entrepreneur. He lives and works in San Diego, California. He owns several successful online businesses, some of which we're going to be talking about today in the show. He's a blogger, a keynote speaker, a Wall Street Journal bestselling author. We're going to talk about his books towards the end of the show today. He's got three that we're going to talk about specifically. And he's the host of the Smart Passive Income podcast, which is great. You can go to smartpassiveincome.com and check that out. Um, his podcast has a combined over 80 million downloads. It's won multiple awards. Uh, has been featured in such publications like the New York Times and Forbes. He's also an advisor to ConvertKit and Circle and several other companies in the digital marketing area. And I'm really, really excited to have Pat Flynn on the show today. Hey, Pat, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, Jason. This is uh this is surreal to me. I know I told you this pre-show, but I'm going to say it again publicly so that the listeners can hear this. I have been a fan of the smart passive income podcast, your your podcast for a very long time. Actually, I don't even remember. Okay. I you could you obviously know when you started it, but I remember I think it was 2010 or 2011. I was mowing grass trying to make extra money to send my kids to school, public or private school. And I remember having the earbuds in, mowing grass, listening to you, trying to figure out, well, how do I do what this dude did? So, and now, all these years later, here we are with you on my show. So, this is awesome. So glad that you're doing this.
2: Hey, man, thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been doing this for a while. 2010 was when the podcast came out. I had started my first online business a couple of years before that. And uh I'm still here. You know, some people say, Pat, you're like an OG. You're like a legend. And I'm like, that makes me sound old. But uh, I am, I guess. I just turned 40. So... <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, so you're you're doing good, dude. I mean, you so so if I remember the story correctly, your the way you got started was you created an online course for security guards. Is that is that do I have the story correct? Do I remember correctly?
2: No, but you you're at the right time frame of 2010. Okay. So, we got to go back a couple years for my first business, which was actually helping architects pass an exam. And this is right after I got laid off. So I was an architect. was going to be an architect for the rest of my life. Had big plans. And then whoosh, 2008 happened, got let go, of course, and was a little bit depressed about that. I didn't really have a plan B because I had followed the path, everything I was supposed to do I had done, and yet I still got let go. Uh, but in October of 2008, I ended up um, – or actually before that, I had built a website to teach people who were architects – or who still were uh, still were architects, had to pass a particular exam that was very popular at the time. It still is, but it was very niche. It was an uh, exam about green buildings and sustainable buildings and such, and it was pretty new around the time. And I had just studied and passed this exam, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever taken. And so I had built a website to not just help myself, but to help my coworkers. And after I passed the exam, I literally just let the site sit there because I didn't have really any need for it. But after I got laid off, I went back to the website, saw other people were doing some fun stuff online, helping people teach some stuff. And uh, lo and behold, that website started to gain traffic on Google. And then in October of 08, I launched an ebook, uh, literally just a PDF file that I sold. And I, I got a button from PayPal to put onto that website. And I figured out a way so that when a person purchased that ebook for $19.99, it would be automatically delivered to them via email. And uh, I remember when I got my first sale, dude, there's no better feeling it's like life changing and i i was just like fist pumping in the air like tiger woods i could not believe that i had sold this thing but then all of a sudden those feelings started coming in like what if they don't like it what if this is bad what if they report it because it's terrible and i get sued and i go to jail and i end up naked on like in a ditch somewhere like that's how i thought because i i just had no i didn't feel like i had any right to do this because i had gone to school for architecture not business but here i was and, and and you know, the FBI didn't come, I didn't go to jail, but I did get several thank you letters from people who did take my, uh, or get my PDF file and then take the test and pass and then get a raise or get a promotion. And and, and, and as a result of that, I just realized, wow, this thing called online business is so powerful. And I just kind of went all in on that. And, and that was the start. And then it was, of course, from there, people were like, how did you do that? Because they couldn't believe that I was able to, uh, not just like keep my head above water during that great recession, but actually like thrive during it. And uh, that's when the Smart Passive Income blog came about to just literally share it all, and uh, just give it all away for free. As far as ha- as the how,
1: well, you've been you've been very transparent throughout all these years of showing your affiliate income, all your passive income on your website. And that was one of the things that I think that I was probably the most impressed by early on when I found you, because I was at the time I was a, I was a school teacher. I had a, had a lawnmower business on the, on the side and an unbeknownst to me, right about the time I started listening to you, I, I was going to lose my contract as a school teacher, which launched me into entrepreneurship, but, but I was interested in passive incomes. I thought, how do I do this? And then hearing you, I don't even remember how I found it but hearing your podcast and then going to your website and looking at how much money you're making on not doing anything. And again, I know that's oversimplified because there's always something you have to do, but it's pretty phenomenal. And frankly, I haven't gone back and looked lately to see if your ticker still there and what you're doing. But I remember at that time that being so powerful mm-hmm. to me because I was a school teacher making 38 grand a year watching this guy doing, I mean, you're at six figures a month. at some points coming in because of just Got affiliate. There, yes. It's, it's, it was, it's it was wild. <laughs> It's insane. So you've... uh, It it wasn't doing nothing, though. I I
2: want to tell you, and just for everybody listening, I, I wasn't making money for doing nothing. I was making money because I had spent all this time and effort to create something that could then go out there and serve others Asynchronously, It didn't require my time to then deliver the thing because it was already created, right? Like that PDF file initially, and then with Smart Passive Income, and you had mentioned affiliate marketing, that was a huge thing for me. And around the time you came and followed my stuff was when I really started learning about affiliate marketing. What that is, is sharing and recommending other people or other companies' products, and you essentially get paid if somebody clicks one of your links, goes through and purchases that product. It's different than an ad where a company will just pay you a flat amount for a certain number of impressions uh, or space on your website. This is like people click on the link that is tied to you, and then when a person purchases, you get essentially like a commission. And what was really neat was around that time in 2010, and this relates to the security guard stuff, I had done this experiment where I was building a website in a space that I knew nothing about from scratch. And I was doing that publicly or transparently, like you said. All the steps. How did I pick that niche? How did I do the keyword research for it? How did I even build the website? How did I rank for that website? And after 73 days, that website ended up becoming number one in Google for the term security guard training. And again, everybody just saw the whole process happening, and it started to generate an income. And, of course, through that process, teaching it for free, that was a huge deal. People were like, wow, he's not charging us for this. He's showing it just freely. But step three or whatever was like, go here to build your website. And, of course, that was an affiliate link. People would have to go to the place. And I was very upfront with that. Like, this is an affiliate link. I get paid if you build your website on the same thing that I did. But, of course, because I showed people the way... They just wanted to follow the same process. So they picked up the same keyword research tools I used. They used the same web host. They used the same uh, WordPress theme that I ended up promoting and all that kind of stuff. And what was funny was exactly at day 73, when that website, the Security Guard website, uh, which is securityguardtraininghq.com, which I eventually sold in 2020, um, when that got to number one in Google and I shared that, my affiliate income skyrocketed. Because you think about it. People are like, whoa. Like. It actually works. Now I want to go do the thing too. So they go through the same steps. and step three, they buy the thing, and then I get a commission. And guess what? Everybody wins. I get some commission. The company wins because they're getting new customers. And because I'm sharing all this value and showing how to put it all together, the user or the viewer or listener or reader ends up winning too. And I love that kind of marketing where everybody involved get something out of it and can win and so that that was a huge moment because that really put me on the map in a, in a whole nother way this big experiment in that website which has continued to prove what i was uh not just talking about but what i was actually
1: doing well so that brings to mind the a question about the idea of passive because because that's kind of your brand the p on your shirt is pat it stands for passive But as I said, hey, you're kind of getting paid for doing nothing, but I know it's oversimplified and you corrected that to make that more accurate. But what is passive income? Like, what does that mean? Because I've got people that say there's no such thing. And then, of course, I believe there is a thing. Like, what do you Mm. think passive income actually is?
2: It depends on who you ask, obviously, right? Like, if you were to ask, like, even like a lot of people think passive income, they think about real estate, right? Which is, you know, you invest money into a property and then over time uh, that appreciates and you can get even cash flow for that. But it still requires management. It still requires paying attention to the market and all this kind of stuff. So it's in a way not necessarily passive, but it's more asynchronous again. And it's investing that money into that property. Uh, so that it can then pay you back later. And that's similar to what happens in the online space. You're investing time and potentially money into a web property, whether it's one that you create from scratch or maybe even one that you buy that already exists. Uh, you know, so in that case, it's very much like uh, real estate. But either way, you're investing time and money into something that can then continuously pay you back later. And that comes in many forms. Maybe it's a software that you build, right? It costs time and money to create, but then that software continues to serve that particular audience and do a thing that's convenient that actually saves them time. And then you can get paid on a recurring basis for that or, or perhaps just one time. Uh, it can happen in the, in the form of um, coaching. Now, coaching is not passive because you have to be there to coach a person through something, but it can become more passive by either... Getting way better at your systemizations or your standard operating procedures in a way where a lot of things just happen automatically, right? Software can be put into the process to remove you and the human element from it, but in many cases, there requires a human element just overall, in which case, okay, cool, let's find other humans, not me, but other people to now run the process, Right. And so, for example, I sell a physical product. A physical product is much harder to deal with. It's called the SwitchPod. It was something that my videographer and I invented in 2019 and launched. And uh, it did really well, about a half million dollars on Kickstarter in 60 days. And that's pretty automated. It's a physical product that still needs to get shipped. But we use something called a 3PL, a third party logistics uh, pr- uh, team or program that allows for when uh, orders come in via Amazon or anywhere else, our website on Shopify. Uh, The 3PL in Utah gets notification of that, and they ship it out. We're completely hands-off at this point because we've created those mechanisms for it to be as passive as as possible. In general, though, there, in my opinion, is no such thing as a 100% fully automated, forever passive income, except unless maybe you... Uh, were a writer on a sitcom in the 80s, right? And that thing still gets replayed and you still get like a $4 check every single month for that, right? Like that that's probably the most passive and, and and recurring income that probably exists is, you know, Mariah Carey every year, like, all I want for Christmas is you. I mean, she gets a big check or Bobby Bonilla from the Mets, right? Um, You know, he, he gets a check every year, I think, for uh something that he put in his contract. But in general, work has to be done Service to an audience has to happen, but you can automate a lot of that process for sure.
1: Yeah, so so passive income is kind of a misnomer in the sense that there is no action because passive and active are the are the antonyms, of course. And active incomes is typically seen as trading time for dollars, trading time for money. Where passive income is this this idea that we have is that I don't have to do anything; I can sit on my couch and eat potato chips, and I can make money. Well. It still requires some activity. So for you, you know, your activity, you went to college, you got a degree in architecture, you became an architect, got laid off as an architect or, or you know, and, 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 but you built this course, which took a lot of time and money and energy to get the, and the ability to do it. And now you get to reap passive rewards off of a lot of active hours. What in your opinion has been the one thing that you look back on over all these years of talking about passive income, that you think that is the thing that everybody needs to pay attention to. This is the one thing that if everybody did a little bit of activity now, it would pay them in the long run. What, what's that one? Maybe there's not one, but what is one thing you can think of?
2: Yeah, I think it's, uh, and, and it's not going to be, and this is funny because a lot of people come to me and they're like, Pat, should I write a book? Should I do an online course? Should I do coaching? Should I create an agency? Like they're looking for the thing, but it's the wrong question to ask. It kind of out of order. So I think the number one thing that needs to happen if you want to build passive income or create an online business or, or, or something like that is to get obsessively curious about how you can help a certain group of people, right? There's a, there's a few parts to that, right? The obsessive curiosity is so important. You need to be so obsessive over what a person might be thinking, what they might need help with, what they're struggling with, but to a specific group of people might be even the more important part. Because I often say the riches are in the niches, right? And I know it's pronounced niches, but that doesn't rhyme as well. So the riches are in the niches. And what that means is when you nail down a specific group of people that you might want to help, right? And you can get very refined with that niche. I mean, there is a line and you know, there's a lot of debate on where that line should be, but you can start out small. Because the truth is, when you start out smaller, like a smaller group of people to serve, more specialized, if you will, based on your expertise, based on your interest, based on how obsessed, again, you are about helping this community, based on your credentials, whatever it might be, the more narrow the niche is, the more likely it is for you to, A, find the right places where those people exist, B, be able to have genuine conversations with those people, uh, and have them understand that you have something to offer to them. Uh, And more important than that, um, you're able to discover what maybe the one or two problems they might need help with the most is so that you can help them. Like, let's say, for example, when I got laid off, I was like, hey, I want to help architects do all the things, right? I'm going to help architects uh, graduate school. And then I'm going to help architects go and take their uh, architectural exam, which is made up of six different exams. And then I'm going to help them uh, learn how to create their own firm and be the principal of their own architecture firm. And then I'm going to teach them how to get clients. And then I'm going to teach them how to work with a team. And then I'm going to teach them how to use AutoCAD. And then I'm going to teach them how to use Re- uh, you know Rev, which is another tool. It's like, that's all helping an architect. But there are different phases of an architect's life and different needs and problems and issues. If I were to focus on one group of people, i.e. people who are specifically taking the lead exam, which is a much, much smaller population, but as a result, I was able to rank higher in Google much faster for for those relative relative terms. And more than that, when a person needed help with lead exam material and they… Were looking for help, they could find me because I was very specialized in that. Not only that, the word of mouth plays a role there too. Oh, you're taking the lead exam? Like, how, Where can I get some help? Oh, lead exam? You got to go to Pat. His website's the one to go to. Like, That's the only one really talking about this stuff. He's going to help you out. Since that's what you're focused on right now, go to Pat's website, greenexamacademy.com, which by the way, still exists today. Now, 15 years later and still continues to generate income, and I haven't touched it for the last five years. So, in a way, that is perhaps pretty passive. But it starts with being obsessively curious about a group of people and what they might need help with. And from there, the next step is find one person and help them get one result. That's it. One person, one result. A lot of people who want to start an online business, for example, will go through the trouble of, you know, getting the brand logo done and getting business cards and stationery and and building the website, getting all the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn handles all figured out before they've even figured out exactly what a person in that space might need help with, right? But the truth is when you go and find one person, maybe you join a community, maybe you're at an event, or maybe you know somebody who is in that target market, you talk to them and ask them what their struggles are, and you help them get a result. That exercise alone is going to help you, A, find those people, but B, help you understand how you might be able to help them. Maybe you just can't, and you don't know that yet until you try. Yeah. And it's a good thing you you kind of experimented with that in that little Petri dish before dedicating all this time and energy and effort into something and then having it fail from there. This is what I talk about in my book, Will It Fly? It's this iterative process because when you find somebody that results and you, you you see that they've transformed as a result of your work, Not only does it help you um, go, okay, like this works, let's repeat this process, but you also have a testimonial now from somebody that you helped. And most importantly, you get over that limiting belief that what you're doing isn't going to work because you've proved yourself wrong. It works. And then if you come from a uh, selfless place, if you are a person of service, oftentimes what happens at that point is you feel like you now have a responsibility, an obligation. To now go and share this with the world because you've helped one person. There's many more out there that might need you. And that's that's the process I teach to try to simplify this whole thing.
1: So I have a love-hate relationship with the the phrase <laughs> the riches are in the niches. Uh and okay. by the way, I say niche too. But but so my okay. here's my here's my response to that. Because I think you're I think you're right. My love-hate relationship comes in this. I believe that there's riches in the niches for every reason that you just expounded on so eloquently. But also, I also look at, well, if you go too niche and too, certain, too, too early or into a weird niche, then you can find yourself um, fighting an uphill battle when if you went broader and then kind of pulled it in. So my relationship with that phrase is, I like it because I believe it. And I believe that you can't be all things to all people. You make no money that way. But then on the other hand, if you go so specific, then you you might be limiting yourself so what do you think about that is that Yes, yeah, i'd love you to uh,
2: offer a rebuttal in this very respectful debate we're having here um and i appreciate <laughs> this because this is, this is how we can all get everybody else to think about it right this is the power of podcasting we can have conversations like this so it's funny because i th- this is a very common response like i don't want to pigeonhole myself into this thing first of all don't get into things that you wouldn't love or be obsessed over anyway. I think a lot of people make decisions to go down a route just because you could make money, even though it's something you don't want to do for a very long time. And yes, I understand you might need to try it for a while and that's okay. You're getting your chops, you're learning the ropes, and then you can focus and get obsessed about something and use what you've learned there. But what I often find is that when people dive into a very specific niche, and you know it's it's the equivalent of going like one inch wide, one mile deep, right? You can get deeper with an audience by focusing on less Um, By being more specific, what I end up finding happens is people actually love the fact that they have become more well known, they've become a resource for that group of people much faster, and they actually now go two miles deep, they stay one inch wide, and now they go 10 miles deep. Now they're running events, now they're writing books just about that thing, something that they would not be able to compete on if they were to go more general. That's usually what happens because you find just an absolute love for these people. And I want to reference an article that changed my life back in 2008 when I was starting this journey. And it was an article that was written actually in early 2008 called A Thousand True Fans. A Thousand True Fans by a man named Kevin Kelly is basically the thesis that in order to live an incredibly fulfilled life and build something incredible as far as a business. And he wrote this for artists, creators of all types um, from – from you know uh, musicians to you know all kinds of artists, right? Entrepreneurs are included in this. If you have a thousand people out of this world of now what eight plus billion people, a th- just a thousand true fans. A true fan being somebody who will buy everything you come out with. Who, uh, if you're a musician, they're gonna they're gonna fly and then drive eight hours to see your set, and they're gonna wait for you backstage just so they can hopefully get a glimpse of you and then maybe take a selfie right these are the people if if you come out with products they're not even reading the sales page right they're just buying right away right these are the people who if uh there are trolls that show up in your community they're going to be on the front lines and 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 defend you from them before you even know they exist right these are true fans a thousand true fans let's imagine that each one of them is paying you $100 a year just a hun- that's less than $10 a month i mean we pay $100 a a month for things that we don't even watch like cable television i know a lot of people do right so that's all that's on the conservative and for a fan a super fan to pay somebody or something for their art the creative their access to whatever it might be a thousand people times a hundred dollars is a six figure a year business just with a thousand people you can find a thousand people in that niche and again, what, hap- what ends up happening is those 1,000 people will then bring an additional thousands of people in because you're serving them, you're creating experiences, and they tend to find other people like them and attract them to you as well. This is what I write in my book, Superfans. And so the, other, the, the sort of counter question is, well, how big do you need to go? Because I think a lot of us could benefit from, in fact, going smaller, creating more for less people and in that way living a more fulfilled life because i know in my own experience and uh, in 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 my relationships with other people who are entrepreneurs when we get that bug right we want to go big and we we go broad we we create 20 websites we have five social media accounts we we go we go wide and we go big because we've you know we got we got the bug 99 times out of 100 that person's going to burn out they're not going to be fulfilled, they're going to be overworked, or they're going to succeed so much that they have now a team of 100 people and they never see their families anymore.
0: Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible.
1: As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, uh, improve your sales Process decrease the sales cycle because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dub. There's a special offer for Dub for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com/slash/Dub and that's D-U-B-B. I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they are uh, primary sponsor of the podcast. But they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to the slash dub and there you're going to get 2 weeks for free to try Dub Plus. You're going to get 50% off your first 2 months of Dub. You can you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to the slash dub 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the Yellow Pages. You remember those things? (laughs) And and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content social media content in the ter- in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcaster or, or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story, Do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And and by the way, if you if you're not confident in talking on video or if or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts, they remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh they they remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to the slash story. And that story with two whys. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to the slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me
0: later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show.
2: So I think the big question is like, what does success mean to you? Because that is a question that often automatically gets answered. Well, I want to be a millionaire right and i always counter that with do you need to be a millionaire to be happy like and and when we do the math usually it's like oh i just need to make like 150k a year and i'd be set well building a 150k a year business is much different than building a million dollar business completely a thousand true fans you can get there
1: so anyway that's my rebuttal Well, so do you know, this is an interesting, interesting tidbit of information that one of my mentors shared with me just recently. Do you know what the average millionaire's annual salary is or annual income? You have any idea? It's probably like like, 65K or something like that. So you're not far off, $74,000 a year. So to become a millionaire, you know, obviously it takes a lot of different things, but the average millionaire walking around is not making a million dollars a year. They're not making, they're not even making six figures a year. So I love what you're talking about. Building a hundred, that's a, that's a. That's a good, good sound clip. Building a hundred fifty thousand dollar business versus building a million dollar business takes completely different, completely different things. Um, let's talk about the idea of success because you mentioned that just a moment ago, and this this yeah. podcast after all was called the root of all success. So, how does Pat Flynn define that word, success?
2: Yeah, I mean success
1: depends on who you're looking at or what you're
2: doing, right? I think for me. Personally, success means being able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with who I want to do it with. And that is spending time with my family, traveling when we want to, and not being tied down, right? Not tied down because of financial reasons, not tied down because of schedules, et cetera. So this is why the business is built in the way that it is, because it allows for that flexibility and freedom to happen. And I'm just, I feel very blessed because it's taken A lot of time to get here, you know. There was a lot of uh, just survival when I got laid off to try to make things work, and and of course, like you know, thriving after that, and then now doing a lot of philanthropic work on top of that uh, has just. I feel very blessed to be in this position. Um, But as a business, success to me is based on not the bottom line, how much money do we make, how much profit, what's the abita this year. Success is a result of who it is that you're serving and how well they're doing. This is why even recently we've shifted. Our business model, because although we were making money, to me it just wasn't as successful as it could be, on the basis of results of our students in our audience. So, what is that in particular? Well, for a while, starting in 2017, we have been selling a lot of online courses to help in the world of business entrepreneurship. I have a podcasting course, email marketing, affiliate marketing, webinars, etc. And altogether, those courses have earned six and a half million dollars since 2017 which, you know, great. I'm very proud of that uh, and and thankful. And people have gotten really amazing results. But lately, uh, especially since the pandemic, we've realized that a lot of the completion rates of our courses have gone very low. And it's not just us. This is sort of mostly industry-wide. And it just seemed like there needed to be a change in the way that education was done, at least for those who were in entrepreneurship. So we hired a curriculum expert. We've put our heads together and created something very unique in the space. And it's something we call the all-access pass. And this is something that gives people access to all of our courses. It's not just like a one-off course purchase anymore. You get access to all of them. But that alone would be not of service because that would just be, you know, people don't need more information. They need the right information at the right time and the right guidance. And that's what the all-access pass is. We call it community-powered courses. And what this means is... You go through, you do have access to all the courses, but you go through them together with other people at certain times of the year, depending on what level you're at or what phase in business you're at. You go through these in this sequential order, and you have access to other people who are going through them with you because, you know, studies show that 65% uh, of people are more likely to get things done when they're doing it with other people. So we've created this environment now to obtain better results, and we are now seeing those results come in, and it's amazing. So success for us as a business at SPI is based on the results of our students and how active our community is. That means it's working. And then as a result of that, of course, the byproduct of that is more revenue, right? Your earnings are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. And in 2017, courses were the best way to serve an audience at the time for us, but not anymore. So we've repositioned things and and rejigged things to be able to better serve our audiences this way. So you know, I think uh, again to answer the question, um, success is a matter of doing, enabling yourself to really do what matters. In the sense of the business, what matters is the the audiences and the students' results. In my life, what matters is time with my family and health. And uh, you know, that's that's my answer.
1: Well, thank you. I want to come back to the Alexis past because I have some questions about that. But I want to go back to your definition of success for you personally. Doing what you want, with whom you want, when you want, et cetera, which is a a common answer to that. But I think one that hits the center of the bullseye of what I think success is for most people, because the reality is that success means getting what you wanted. Like that, like if you get something you didn't want, that's not successful. That's, that's could be seen as failure, but it's certainly not success. So by that definition, does Pat Flynn consider himself to be successful?
2: I wake up every day and I look at the house I'm in, the family that I'm with, the fact that my wife and I both get to drop our kids off at school together, pick them up, even at the age of 13. My son is now, he's a teenager. We have a really good relationship with our kids. They open up to us. It's been a result of the life that we've created and the ability for us to be there for them. You know, I had an opportunity in 2012, right? There was a hosting company that I was working with that offered me a a seven-figure-a-year position. I would have had to move to Utah. I would have had to put on a suit every day. I would have had to manage hundreds of people and a server worth millions, et cetera. And although that looked great on paper, it was a very clear no to me because that did not align with my definition of success. No longer would I then be able to do what I want when I want with who I want, right? And so the kind of business that I've been able to build and and has enabled me to, you know, feel very fulfilled and, and live this successful life and um you know that's something that i wake up every day and i'm not i like i'm I'm just cognizant of of of, of the journey and, and of all the people who have helped me get here especially my wife uh man i'm just thank you for asking that because sometimes you forget right and some i mean it's not like i get to sit on the beach i mean i still got work to do right <laughs> i still have emails that i have to answer and all that kind of stuff but i get to answer those emails i get to do this work right these are things that i choose now and are not forced upon me
1: well i love that man i can i can sense in your heart that that is 100 percent true and that's one thing that's been impressive to me about you all these years listening to you pat is that you're you're you ain't, you're you're not a bullshitter you're not you're not this is not you're not putting this on this is who you are your transparency early on with your finances was a, a, a an indication to all of us that this guy is is a legit dude. He's real authentic. He's and so I can see it as you paused to consider the answer to that question. I do have a I, I do have a follow up to that though. However, before I ask you about all access pass, I know a guy. Since you mentioned this, I know a guy mm-hmm. who right now is dealing with a similar situation that you were dealing with in 2012. He's an independent dude, kind of does his own thing, has a business. It's not exactly hitting. Ex- all the cylinders that he wants it to but has there's a clear path but he's got this thing on the other side kind of like what you had this seven figure offer and he's really thinking about taking it but you don't know him you don't know the details but speak to him what what should what should he hear somebody say to him right now
2: so whenever i have anybody come to me with a decision like that a small one or a big one like in this case Uh, I always tell them to um, come over to my house and and let's get into this DeLorean. I don't actually own a DeLorean. This is just hypothetical, by the way. Not yet, at least. But I'm a big Back to the Future fan. If you know anything about me, you know I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Yeah, You and I both. (laughs) So we have a time machine, a DeLorean. We go into it. You make a decision to go down one path. Let's say you do take this opportunity. Okay, cool. Let's go into the DeLorean. Let's travel one year into the future. What is your life like? Do you think you're happy? Who are you talking to? What's your day like? How are you going to bed? What are you worried about? What are you excited about? Let's travel another few years down the road, three years down the road. What's life like now? Five years and even maybe 10. And then let's come back to today and let's take the same journey on the other part, on the other, on the other uh, option. Let's do the same exercise. One year, three years, five years, 10 years. And when you really think about that in your own life and where things might end up if it were to go the way you want it to, right? Let's just say you go down this path and it works out. This is so important because so many times I run this exercise with people and they go down one of these paths and we do hypothetically believe that it will work out the way it's supposed. Like things will go to plan. If you get there and things go to plan and you're not happy, that tells you something, right? Because that means no matter what. Even if this were to work well, it's probably not the right decision for you. And so through this process, and of course, if you have loved ones and other people around you that matter in this equation, obviously, you need to get them involved as well because sometimes you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. You need that outside perspective. This is why my mastermind groups are really key. I've been in two for over 10 years each, and they often can read me better than I can read myself. So that outside perspective is really important to get. So talk to people, get all the different angles. And then really what it comes down to is what you feel down here in your gut, right? You can make all the logical decisions that you want, but truly it has to come down to what makes you feel right, what makes it feel right to you. Um, and, and, you know, it's going to be a tough decision. And, and the other parts of it are like, well, Can, do you have a safety net? Can you come back? Is there like, that? that's another thing. Like, I think a lot of us feel like these decisions, that there was a book called uh, Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. Uh, They wrote a book called Made to Stick, which is one of my favorites. But Decisive is about this idea that we humans always, when we're making a decision, we always feel like it has to be this or that, like extreme A or extreme B, one or the other. But the thesis behind this book is like, Usually there's a lot of in-betweens that we don't even consider. So yeah. might there be some in-betweens that might even be available or something that you could ask for or something that you could fall back on perhaps, right? We often – again, we just have this binary process of, of, of choosing, uh, but there might be some other options that could be available as well.
1: Yeah, it, and we do – certainly as entrepreneurs, we, t- we tend to look at things as binary, don't we do this or don't, mm. you know, take this or take that. When in fact, there's so many other options in between. We just can't see those options until we make a decision. And that's what we need. We've got to make decisions. It's the person who sits on the fence that falls off and hurts himself. The person standing firmly on either side doesn't get hurt. It just may not be as green a grass as they thought. We've got to make good decisions. Um, I want to go back and ask you about the all access pass, because I'm curious about how you did that as a coach, as a mastermind leader, and as a course creator. Like I create courses. Mm-hmm. I have courses. As a matter of fact, I spent all day yesterday creating a new one called the 40 nice. days to find your true purpose. It's spent I spent all day, obviously I didn't come up with a concept in one day, but, but I created the whole course and a group group coaching program in one day. And I plan on offering that I'm, I'm speaking at an event in San Diego. You actually live in San Diego, right? You're that's where you're do, based, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. I'll be in San Diego, and Carlsbad this weekend speaking it'll be the first time I unveil kind of this information and about this course. But, as someone who does all this and i know you've been doing this much longer than me and much more successfully with lots more zeros on the end to to transition from individual courses into this all access thing is very curious to me so mm-hmm. here's what i hear when you said that i hear that people pay a certain amount of money and they get access to all of it but you're taking people through them together as a group of people throughout the year at different times uh, is that am i getting that part right
2: yeah, that's, basic, that's basically it. I mean, so the all-access pass, you pay a monthly fee, which means it's a lower barrier to entry to start, right? You could pay a one-time fee of like $499 for po- power-up podcasting, or for 59 a month, you can get all the courses and specifically the podcast pathway. So this is like where we see now the courses connecting to each other. So in that case, you would start with power-up podcasting. You graduate from that, you can get and level up to the 201 course, amped-up podcasting. From there... Then we offer our uh, video podcasting playbook. And then from there, we have a workshop on how to get advertisers for your show. So that's like one pathway. And you can see all those four courses sort of like connected to each other, but only one after the other. And then from there, you can then branch off and maybe you want to um, learn how to create a community. Uh, And then you can go through down, down that pathway, for example, right? But you can choose to go through any of the courses at any time. They're always there and available. But throughout the year, we we have what we call accelerators. So Ashley and her team, who's the person we hired to create this curriculum, this is really her baby, and we have to thank her because this is like changing our entire business model. First of all, this is providing MRR, monthly recurring revenue for our business, for the first time ever, which is huge. It's much more predictable. You can scale it a little bit easier if you have the right marketing practices. And we're not beating our... Uh, email list with 50 different offers every week of the year, right? Which is all access pass. And then we'll take you and guide you to the right places from there. Right. So it's really nice. But, um, you know, uh, anyway, it's just, it's just the accelerators are great because we have another one starting very soon. We just finished up a, an email one, for example. So everybody who signed up before this date, we just go, Hey, on January 18th, we're going to start the email accelerator. It's four weeks. It's asynchronous, which means you don't have to show up at a certain time to a Zoom call to like, get your lessons. The lessons are already there. It's just a contained space to then help people work through. And then there are office hours. There are asynchronous Ask Me Anythings or sort of like office hours and, and, and availability from my team. And then, of course, they all have access to each other during that time period as well. And then what we can do is we can take our courses and say, okay, by this literal date, watch these lessons and do this thing. Okay, you did that, cool. If you need help, get into the community. Okay, next, module two, get that done by this date. And now we have sort of a beautiful choreography and almost mashup between like a cohort-based course, but our DIY model courses as well, kind of combined in one.
1: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I'm going to have to take a look at that because I think it's a good model. And it's um, I think it can provide the value as you said, the lower barrier to entry with the finances mm-hmm. creates monthly recurring revenue for you. Plus, it gives you the opportunity to do these cohort based models to get people right. more more help. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. I the wanna, other part about that talk- is like like for,
2: sorry, I'm interrupting you. Um, you know, like 4.99 was the co- price of one of our courses, for example. If we keep a person at 59 a month for like eight months. And then they stay on, which many will do because they're now a part of the community, right? You come for the content, but you stay for the community. Now we're actually generating more revenue, lifetime revenue from an individual because they've gone in and they've seen the value too, right? So it's like, again, win for everybody, right? And now they see that monthly or that uh, quarterly payment and they go, wow, like. I'm happy to offer that because I now have access to these masterminds and these people and more courses, my next stage, my next steps. And, uh, versus like, just j- like marketing one course and that's it. So anyway, some
1: fodder well, for you. It, I know you're a course. No, creator, it's so. really, it's very, very interesting. And I, I, you know, if this show was only about me, I would continue to ask you all kinds of questions about that, but there's certainly more to it <laughs> than just what I'm interested in. But, um, so tell us about your books. You are a uh, a Wall Street Journal bestselling author. So tell us about a couple of your books, some of your best projects that you're that you've worked on in the past, and maybe something new that's coming around the coming around the bend.
2: Yeah, thank you. So my first book was written in 2013. It's a smaller book, maybe 20,000 words, called Let Go. And it's called Let Go because there's a double meaning there. I was I was let go from architecture, and it's about that story. It's about all the emotions that I went through the depression and how I got help and how I found entrepreneurship, but more so it's the idea that I had to let go of who I thought I was supposed to be. I thought I was supposed to be an architect. I had to let go of the five years of schooling. I had to get over that, that, that what they call sunk cost fallacy, just because I put all that time and effort here didn't mean I either couldn't do well here or I shouldn't. So I had to let go of who I was, right? Like I was on two ladders, straddling two ladders, essentially the architectural ladder and the entrepreneurial ladder. And you can't climb either unless you let go of one. And so I let go of the, the architectural ladder to climb higher on the business ladder. So that's Let Go 2013, available on Amazon, uh, like $2.99 or something. Uh, my next book, which became a Wall Street Journal bestseller, and all these books, by the way, are self-published, which is why I was so surprised that this book became a Wall Street Journal bestseller as a self-published book. I didn't even know that was possible. But this is my my guide, my how-to of starting a business, right? I had so many people ask me questions, and this is why I wrote this book. Like, how do I even begin? How do I start? And it really uncovers a lot of the objections that a person might have, the fear of uh, failure, losing time, losing money, how to validate your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money. That's really what this is. And it, it goes through a number of exercises to test your ideas first in like little Petri dishes so that even if they were to fail, you can just move on to the next one so that you could land on that right one and then scale that up. And that book, uh, I mean, that book has just done so well and it still continues to do well, even eight years later, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and then finally, the last book that I uh, published was in 2019 and it was called Superfans. And you'll see on the cover, it's like uh, subscribers, followers, fans, all crossed out. It says superfans. And the idea is we want to build for the experiences of people who are in our brand already. And it's this, 1,000 True Fans. and In fact, it, I, I call it the how-to book for Kevin Kelly's 1,000 True Fans uh, thesis, which I talked about earlier. And so it'll it'll walk you through a process of how to take a person from the moment they find you and they don't know who you are, they found you through a Google search or whatever, to now raving about your brand, talking about your brand, and bringing new people in on your behalf. And um, this book is is my best piece of work ever, I think. It tells relevant stories that will be, evergreen no matter what happens in technology it's the people that connect with you and your brand that will take you to the next level and and that's what what it's really all about so super fans that was actually based on a presentation that i did in 2014 that i kept getting rehired to do and um then i just ended up turning it into a book and it's it's done very well a lot of uh conferences and teams will buy them for everybody in the audience and um you know a lot of uh uh big names do recommend it. So I I'm pr- I'm proud of that work.
1: Well, thank you for uh for sharing those with us. People go check those out. Let let go, will it fly? And super fans, right? Those are the three we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So and it wasn't meant to check- be this
2: way, but it's like you have to like let go, like imagine a paper airplane, you let it go, then you have to let it fly. And then you have a super fan behind it, like blowing it right in the wind. It's not really what it means, but <laughs> it's good pointed it out to me. And I was like, Oh, okay, I'll take it.
1: All right. So you could check out Pat Flynn at pat or smart, He's on Twitter at Pat Flynn. He's on YouTube at smart, passive income and on Instagram at Pat Flynn, which is where I engage with him mostly on, on Instagram, Pat Flynn there, Pat it's uh, like I said, this has been a really an interesting, uh, interesting and surreal experience for me after listening to you for so long. And I remember the first time I saw like your, your face or like the top half of your face was on your podcast cover art a long, long time ago. But I remember the first time seeing you and, and, you know, we, we put in our heads what people look like. And then I saw you and it didn't match at all what I thought you looked like. And now I'm talking to you and uh and and so it's just a surreal thing. So you do have a special offer that I've got noted here about the all access pass that you would like to give my listeners. So I'll let you talk about that.
2: Yeah, no, thank you so much. If you head on over to smartpassiveincome.com com slash all access, uh you'll you'll see that there and just kind of let us know you came from uh Jason's show and, and and we'll make sure to take extra special care of you when you're in the community and 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 Um, you know, we'd love to learn more about you and where you're at and point you in the right direction. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash all access. And then you can even get a sense of like how we're trying to innovate in this space. We are trying to take the lead and go to where the puck is going for how to educate online. And and Jason, if you ever want to talk offline about that, I'm I'm happy to do that as well.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Well, Pat, again, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for doing this today and uh, continue Continue to work on that success and continue to be able to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, and never, never take any other options because that is the only way you're ever going to be successful. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur. And not only that, but one one that I've been following for a long time, sharing his story of success and how he achieved it. Um, you know, coming out of being able to let go of one thing and move to the other, like his book, Let Go, talks about is something is a life lesson for all of us. And so for you listening right now, no matter where you are in your car, walking the dog, running, jogging, laying in bed, whatever it is you're doing, what do you need to let go of in order to achieve the thing that you're trying to accomplish? Giving up that dream that you had before doesn't mean that's a failure, that you wasted time, because all of that prepared you for the future success that you're going to experience as you let go of that one thing and move to the new thing. So don't be afraid to let go. Don't be afraid to let go. And I think that's one thing that Pat could teach us here is not to let go. I love his definition of success, although not a, uh, not an uncommon one. Um, I hear a lot of people say that, but I think it hits the definition of success right in the bullseye because it's about doing what you want, when you want, with whom you want. And when you get that ultimate freedom and control over your decisions and your time and how you spend your money, that in fact is success. I consider that to be successful. And as Pat Contemplatively, contemplatively thought about that as I asked him that question, he, you could see it in his eyes, that he really believed that that is, in fact, his life of success. And so congratulations to you, Pat. Thank you for being an inspiration, not only to me, but for millions and millions of other people around this world who listen to your show, listen to all the stuff that you do, and put out that good content. So thank you so much, Pat, for being on the show today. And thank you, listener, for listening. I do want to take a second to let you know that my first book, Exit Without Exiting, has just been released. And I cannot tell you how excited I am about this. This is my first one. You know, Pack can think about when he released his first one back in 2013, 10 years ago. Uh, he knows what it feels like. Well, here I am. I've released my first book. You can get it on Amazon or you can go to therealjasonduncan.com slash book, the real slash book. And you can see my book there and you can order it through Amazon, but I'm really excited about it. If you'd go order a copy of that or a couple hundred copies of that, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at you. i would really, really appreciate it. But, but thank you for tuning into the show. Thanks for everything you do to help me make this show. What it is. Please tune in again next time when I talk with you another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan all.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at the real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.